So, um, we are now on March 17th. Well, actually, we were before. I just dozed off. I was scrolling through Twitter and I, and I decided to just call it a night. I didn't really want to have to read through my Twitter feed, pick up a headline, read the article, come up with thoughts about the article, and, and try and stay on point while I'm tired and so on. So I just kind of, I called it a, a day on, um, on the rants. But now that I'm up again, I realize that it's March 17th, which is St. Patty's Day, which is the the day that historically people get blackout in North America. And yes, I get I get there's a history behind it all, but let's be honest, most people are just used to using today as an excuse to drink for several hours before they would have drank anyway on a Saturday. You know. It's eight o'clock. I live in a somewhat of a studenty neighborhood. Um, where I am is fairly close to Carleton University. So there's a fair number of students. And, um, you know, now that, you know, back in my college days, I definitely, we all would just get kind of blackout on this day, St. Patty's Day, even though so many people weren't Irish, you know? And also I have, um, let me, give me one second. I, I just made coffee. This is not, now we now got some interesting material to talk about. So first off, St. Patty's Day and the concept of everybody's getting blackout. Um, from what I understand, like super, super Irish people go to church. It's like a custom, customary thing. But a lot of the young people, like you know, thirty and below, it's kind of like a drinking extravaganza. I'm being mindful of my own sobriety here. I'm not trying to get caught up in any of that. And there's no temptation to either. I'm kind of, I'm over the threshold of, will something like St. Patty's Day throw me back into drinking? You know, um, I'm, I'm past that. I won't be going downtown, but there's a bunch of little like local watering holes um, where they're gonna see lineups. And there's this, this one place downtown, there's a couple of places downtown where there'll be lineups even by nine o'clock today. And it's a Saturday too. It's one thing when it's during the week, but when it's a Saturday, it's like a whole different sort of a ball game. Um, so it should be, <laughs> it should be an interesting day, but I have family shit I gotta deal with today. And I'm going to the gym in like an hour or so. Uh, I'll be avoiding that. But it's interesting how in our society we take any little like opportunity to, to drink. We take it to like such an extreme Halloween. Um, Easter will be that day. Thanksgiving, you know, New Year's Eve, Christmas, the whole Christmas season, St. Patty's Day, uh, Canada Day, you know, Victoria Day weekend. It's always, there's always a reason push the drinking to the extreme. And I'm not trying to preach. I just find it interested in not being involved in the world of partying. When you look at it, it's like, it's just another, to me, it's just another day. These days are just days now. Easter's coming up. And interestingly, the Easter season to me is almost, I almost, 
enjoy right now I enjoy it more than Christmas for some reason it's like it's kind of like a mini Christmas in of sorts I understand all the historical context context behind it I'm just saying it's like the vibe is almost one of Christmas but it's in a it's in a period of the of the, of the year where the weather should be getting better so maybe that's why I like it more I don't know but anyway so I'm, and I'm trying to keep these under three minutes so I can transcribe them so I'm gonna cut this off and then um, start up again with more more thoughts on St. Patty's Day. the um the reality of the cultural appropriation that seems to happen on um St. Patty's Day. And I do I really want to call this cultural appropriation. <laughs> do I I'm not standing up here for for the green. What I'm saying is this because especially in these college environments where everybody is um sort of inspired to wear green like I remember in 2004 I was wearing green because um I was I was rocking this there was this brand Demani Dada back in the back in the day that was like it was like almost like a premier urban brand a premier black brand and I, it was like green and yellow the green yellow tea but it was like a next level quality tea anyway I was like, you know, I wear I wore that tee all the time, like not days in a row, but I was like every week at least once, whether it was winter or summer, for like a year. And I remember, um, I'm like, you know what? It's St. Patty's Day. It's it's green. Let me just be festive, you know, festive and wear it or whatever, because you know, join the group. I guess it's a group think thing. I rock it, and then this one, there's this one Arab dude who I knew. So like, oh man, you're black, you're wearing green. What the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm looking at him. Now, this keep in mind, this guy, and I'm probably going to be treading, treading water here, but this dude is, was Arab, but you know, you know, this is like 2000, the early 2000s when people like hip-hop culture, well, hip-hop culture is even more dominant now, but that, you know, that super thugged down look, remember that look? The huge T, the do-rag, which a lot of people tried to pull off who weren't black. This guy would wear that. He would wear a do-rag too. And if you know that what do-rags are for, you know that if you don't have the texture, the hair texture of black people, it almost makes no sense to be wearing a do-rag. Yet this guy would wear it. Yet this guy is calling me out for wearing green on St. Paddy's Day. 
And at the time, I wasn't really someone who you could say was like witty on my feet kind of thinker. But I'm thinking, I'm like, you're you're calling me out for wearing green on St. Patty's Day. Meanwhile, you're an Arab wearing a do-rag. But that might sound kind of cold, but that, that, those are my thoughts. Anyway, I'm approaching three minutes here, so I'm going to cap this off right now. Yeah, so that, that was my little thought on the cultural appropriation that seems to happen. I'm being called out for... He wasn't really calling me out for cultural appropriation, um, but, you know, how many minorities buy into this St. Patty's Day thing? You know, just because it's the dominant, because Irish culture has now become sort of a, a mainstream... Uh, commercialized culture within North America, even though lots of there's lots of Irish people, people of Irish descent, but even the one day where where they really go all out, you see people wearing green all over. So it's an interesting, you know. So then, as an Arab wearing a do rag, cultural appropriation, you know. It's, it's interesting. I'm thinking about this now after all this Bruno Mars shit that people are worried about. Hold on, sip of coffee. I'm glad that I'm... So this particular section ain't going to be three minutes. I don't care. But it's interesting, though, like... I'm going to see what kind of response this was. <laughs> My little thoughts on me being black wearing green and Arab wearing a do-rag, how that's going to fly with people. But it's an interesting, to me, that's an interesting kind of um, debate because where do we start drawing the lines between what? I think when, when people say cultural appropriation, and um, this is my own spin on things, when it's being done to blacks, it's almost like, because historically we have had, like, for example, um, when you see these fucking bloggers, these vegan food bloggers and you know, there was a point in time when a lot of, say, West African cuisine was looked down upon. And this is, this is kind of like the message I'm relaying from an older generation of, like, immigrants. Like, when we came here, we couldn't find plantain. When we came here, like, palm oil was considered, like, you know, food to look down upon. Grits, you know, um, okra. You know, there's, this is, you know, other, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but there's other foods that, right now, like, Fonio is another one. Fonio is one that's about to have its little moment as, like, uh, a quote-unquote ethnic food that will penetrate the mainstream health-conscious health community. And um, I should actually have an episode dedicated to that, to bring people up for that. But, um, sorry, bring about attention for that. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting time when, you know, something like food, um, you want to share foods, you know, there's a fine line between 
what is sharing and then what is cultural appropriation. I can't, you can't say that people can't eat certain foods, but it's, it's one thing when historically they've been kind of looked down upon and suddenly some blogger, some vegan blogger, like talks about it and then it blows up. Do we thank that person? And by we, I mean, do, do people of, with ethnic backgrounds thank that person for bringing it to light? Eh. You know, I think now with the, I think now with the net, with the current state of the net, I should say, with the current like scale at which the net exists, if you're really trying to, if you really don't want people to jack a shit, promote it first. You know what I mean? Um, because everybody can trace. Even if people don't do their due diligence, people can. Tr you can. Tr the roots of things and the roots of movements can be traced, and and they can be time stamped and they can be referenced down the road in blogs and so on and so forth. So. I'm kind of of the opinion that all the people who are kind of shook, for example, like meditation now, you know, people in the Far East, I'm sure there'll be a moment when, you know, people from East Asia will be kind of bent out of shape over yoga is another one. You know, there's all these things that kind of penetrate the mainstream and then you have to wonder, is it really cultural appropriation, you know? Um, that's, those are my thoughts on it. I'm not offering any real... <laughs> I looked over at... I'm timing myself on the iPad. I look over, it's at 4.44. <laughs> those who follow me on Instagram... Uh, you know I love... I like to take like you know, little jokes with the 4.44 things that I see in public. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. So again, I don't... And I think when you're confident in yourself, you don't really give a shit about whether or not people call your shit cultural appropriation for all ethnicities but I do think that there's a certain amount of um, you know in the system the quote unquote system where they it's interesting when ethnic cultural movements are looked down upon for a certain amount of time and suddenly they become cool because it can benefit a, it can benefit a current trendy influencer or whatever some influencer has like a, some, you know, some vegan blogger has like a bunch of hits on her blog now suddenly because she's talking about okra. You know, it's like, okay. I don't know. But, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. I've never conventionally, I mean, when we see those super overthugged out, kind of like quote unquote wiggerish kind of white boys who rock super super urban gear i think there's an authenticity thing too certain people certain certain white dudes who grew up in like a more hoodie environment you don't really look at them sideways it's when it's like the suburban dude and you're kind of like all right but even that look is dying right like the overly thugged out look isn't a dominant look anymore um so don't see much of that but anyway those are my thoughts on that so have a good